welcome to episode 1162 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Monday, April 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning, or afternoon, excuse me, by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good morning. How you doing? You said morning, too. It's the afternoon. Oh. It's, the, it's the middle of the afternoon for both of us. What are we doing out here? It's, it's nap time for me. So it is, I, I do like a good midday nap, mm-hmm. dude. I will, I will certainly say that. But I had to eschew it today. Uh, I had a lot of things going on before recording, and now we're recording, and that's okay. I'll live without my nap, as, as nice as they are. I, I tell you what, I love a nice nap with, uh, with baseball on, too. Now, baseball haters would say that the baseball causes the nap, like puts them to sleep. But I just like falling asleep to some baseball. And we did have a nice little day game there. You and I both got a Reynaldo Lopez save from the White Sox. That's the only category that I'm good in. Uh, but I won't <laughs> spend all episode whining about my team. And there's no Michael Kopech homers to uh, to watch fly out of the yard. Uh, we're going to talk about some big injury news. Some very unfortunate injuries. Then we'll get into some of the pickups of the week. And just kind of talk about some of these uh, major players right now. But let's start with the big news. It looked bad right when it happened, and a lot of times you see something and you're like, please look worse than it was. Mm-hmm. Nope, it was bad. I was watching the game live, O'Neal Cruz coming home from third. Uh, Zebby, so Zebby Zavala was kind of like blocking the plate. I'm not saying it that it was like he was doing anything wrong, but like the plate was kind of blocked, and it caused Cruz to kind of have a weird stilted slide, and it ended up busting his ankle up. He's going to be out for four months. It almost effectively ends his season. He's obviously a cut everywhere. Uh, I mean, is there anywhere where you are keeping him? Because I, I mean, I other than can, keeper leagues, like yeah, you, know, just, you can hold, or unlimited IL spot. You can hold him with an IL as long as you can, even in a in a minimum IL, like three three four ILs. But you're going to eventually have to get rid of Cruz. Like I'm, it's it's almost a certainty unless you get lucky there. So that's a huge bummer. It really really sucks. Um, do you have Cruz anywhere? I don't. I mean, I think I might have him in a dynasty kind of. I don't think. I think I traded him in my dynasty league, honestly, so, or one of my dynasty leagues. So I think right I now is the like time him. to like, yeah, right now is like the time where I'm like going to other people in my dynasty leagues and going, hey, you need help for this year? I'll trade well, you yeah, for I, Cruz. Like, I'll, I'm trying to get him back in the leagues where I've traded especially him. Especially if you're already looking to mm-hmm. the future. It is the time to, to to check in and say, hey, I mean, obviously I'm coming in. I know you're I know you just lost him. I am looking for a discount. I'm not gonna try to rake you over the coals, but if you'll give me a little bit of a discount, mm. I'll get you a little fill in here for the year and, uh, and and not a little fill in, but I'll make it worth your while and let's talk trade. I think that is a move you can definitely do with O'Neill Cruz. But let's talk about some replacements in different leagues here. We'll do shallow and deep. Let's start on the shallow end. Uh Isak Pritis. For the uh, uh, for, for the Rays was an interesting sleeper type for folks. You know he has those great plate skills. He showed the power off last year. My big issue with him was being platooned on the on the short side. That was my concern because that's what happened last year. He's playing virtually every day though, an off day here and there. But he played. He started against the last three righties as well as the lefties. Of course, he moves up in the lineup against the lefties. And Isak Paredes, he's off to a perfectly solid start as well. I mean, a, a good one at that. One fifty-three WRC plus and a couple homers. Um, you know, nothing stable as far as as far as your numbers. He could have an 
over for the uh, series here that he's about to start, and then all of a sudden he's off to a bad start or whatever. But he's playing every day for the most part and looking pretty good. Triple eligible, I believe, in most formats. Uh, how do you feel about Isak Paredes as an O'Neill Cruz replacement? Now, it wouldn't be direct. It would be MI if you have Cruz at MI because uh, Paredes does not qualify at short. But what do you think of Paredes in a shallow format? I'm, I think Paredes makes a lot of sense, especially because he's got that triple eligibility, which makes him like the perfect guy to kind of fill in in a bunch of different spots. Um, yeah, I mean, Paredes was a big target for me kind of late in draft season. I'd been really in on Aranda early on um mm -hmm. and then when it seemed clear that Paredes had kind of uh you know surpassed him on the depth chart uh he became my target so he's, he's on a lot of my teams I think he is someone you should pick up I, I think the only question becomes long term what do the Rays do with minor leaguers like Curtis Mead and Kyle Manzardo like do they come up and you know is Paredes the guy who ends up losing out if and when they do, I don't. I think he can hit his way and make that a non-issue. Yeah. Like, do you think that hit tools good enough? Uh, but I think in the back of your mind, if you're if you're thinking long term, there are some question marks down the road because I think the Rays are a really really good team that wants to compete, and at some point they're going to need to bring up these guys because I think they're going to make that roster better. Yeah, I mean, Mead and, and Manzardo are two guys that people definitely gave some love to in deeper leagues, like draft and hold, saying, hey, I'm going to take this guy and see if they can break, make the team at some point this year. But we know they like to move guys around, and Paredes' triple eligibility should help keep him in the lineup. We'll see what happens with injuries there. Obviously, that changes the outlook of everything, right? The second that we start to say, oh, this is how it is, someone gets injured and creates a whole new avenue. So for now, I like Paredes. Uh, also, Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers is another guy that you could certainly bring up. This is another one where it would be more the MI. The next two guys we're going to talk about in the shallow formats would be straight-up shortstops. But Miguel Vargas can have an MI qualification as well out there for the Dodgers. What do you think of Miguel Vargas's early start to the season? I mean, I love Vargas. Uh, and I mean, I love his approach uh, and his understanding of the strike zone. Oh, he I just took another walk. Right yeah, you were exactly. talking. They're not even yeah, playing right now. He just took another walk. 38% rate so far. He was walking And they credited him for a walk. So That's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to love that. I, I just don't know that he's going to have, you know, what you've coined as fantasy juice, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, I don't think there's a ton of power. I don't think there's a ton of speed. I think he's going to be a more of a some of the all parts kind of guy. I do I worry about potentially the defense, you know, making him lose time if he struggles defensively at second base. Um, so I like him. And I think right now, especially on base percentage leagues, like he should be rostered everywhere. Uh, oh yeah. Even shallow, like 10 teamers, mm -hmm. obviously with these walks, you got to have Miguel Vargas on. I think he's got to be the classic, not necessarily on your team, but some team in, yeah. in 10 teamers. But I do think that, when we think about guys who are like, hey, this was a top 10, top 15 type prospect, uh, even for fantasy, like we often think, oh, that means their ceiling is huge. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's, uh, you know, especially for Vargas. So I think sometimes, you know, these guys, they're a top tier prospect because their floor is so high that we expect them to succeed, not yep. because we expect them to be future first round picks. I don't think Vargas is that kind of, you know, future star, but I think he's a future very good player. I think that's a great way to put it, um, and I, I like I like Vargas a lot. 
can't can't hurt getting on the Dodgers. I know we've talked ad nauseum about how their lineup isn't the peak lineup that it's been in recent years, but it's certainly not bad either. And so you'd like to get a piece of that. Vargas has a lot of availability in shallower formats. If you had Cruz at MI, you can slot him in over there. If you had him more as your shortstop, a couple guys that you could maybe look at in shallower formats. We'll get into some deeper guys here in a moment. Bryce Terang and Orlando Arcia. Uh, Terang playing second base, but has shortstop eligibility, uh, at least at Yahoo. That's that's where I pulled the names from. And then Orlando Arcia, of course, has been the shortstop for Atlanta to start the season. Off to a pretty solid uh, solid look th- thus far with a couple homers and a 316 average. Terang has a homer, two steals. He's got excellent plate skills right now, an even strikeout-to-walk ratio at 15% apiece. He's been awesome because I thought he was glove only, and he may well be, right? 27 plate appearances doesn't say that he's not, but he is off to a fast start. Who do you like better between Terang and Arcia as far as replacing for O'Neal? I think it's Terang because I think Terang – being so young, like the the upside is unknown, right? Like I think we know what RC is at this point. He's a good, solid player, but like, is he going to be a twenty five homer bat or you know homer guy? Like I don't think so. He's probably he doesn't steal not. bases yeah. anymore. Yeah, he's never really going to work his way up that lineup. He's probably always going to be batting at the bottom because the lineup is so good. Whereas Terang, like, there is a scenario in which he becomes like a really big stolen base asset. Maybe he added some power. He gets on base quite a bit. Maybe he could move up the lineup. Like I think there, there are ways where we go, Terang becomes the guy that's really, really interesting for fantasy. I think RC is nice because he's safe. I think he's going to play every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he offers a solid floor. So I think the deeper the league you get, maybe you start m- moving over towards RC just because the floor and just the day-to-day production will be there. But in your tens and twelve team leagues, like I want Terang because I think the upside potential. You're trying to hit there. Yeah. Yep. No, I think I think you said it perfectly there on Terang versus Arcia, uh, particularly in the shallow format. There. Let's move into some deeper formats where these guys are available. Somebody that's off to a really quick start, and and again, caveat that I'll give eight billion more times over the next few weeks. These things can change on a whim, but we got to go with what we've got. And right now, Geraldo Perdomo is is hitting with the quickness he has a 600 babbit i don't think that's gonna last call me a hater uh but he doesn't eight, i know i know what a jerk but he has an 18 percent walk rate uh and 23 percent k rate so the plate skills have tightened up nicely and you know things are going really well homer and a steal and he's playing and that's really the big thing and that was something that i was only taking geraldo Pardomo in um uh, draft and hold leagues so i don't want to act like i was super in on him or anything 50 rounds the reason I went for him is they committed to him so much last year that I was like, they have to love this guy because he played terribly and they still gave him 500 plate appearances. And I know Ahmed wasn't there uh, for most of the year, but still they committed to a guy who had a 58 WRC plus for 500 plate appearances. That tells me that I, I felt like they have some commitment to him. They wanted to see this guy through. So they're playing him again earlier or early. Geraldo Perdomo looks like even though he's a switch hitter, he's sitting against lefties for Ahmed. But hey, that's still strong side platoon. What do you think of the quick lightning start of Geraldo Perdomo for the D-backs? All right. So prior, like, or I mean, it might have been opening day or either or the day before opening day. Uh, we saw a bunch of people in the industry like tweeting out like, hey, these are my most rostered guys, right? And I mm-hmm. said something a little bit different. I made a full fantasy lineup 
with my most rostered guys. Oh, right? I like that. So like by position, like, like this is who I have the most shares of. And in shortstop, it was Rolo Perdomo. Really? Uh, okay, nice. He's on 35% of my teams because he's on all my draft and hold teams. Like, cause I think he's going to play every day or yep. pretty close to every day. Uh, and he was like my third or fourth shortstop in a lot of leagues. There's power, there's speed. The question is, will he make enough contact? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is going to regress. Like he's hitting 460 something, and his XBA is now. Who's the hater? Yeah, now who's um, the hater saying his 600 BABIP and 438 average won't yeah. last for Geraldo Perdomo? Yeah, he he has zero barrels during this time. He's okay. got a 45% line drive percentage. Those singles uh, are finding the gap or finding the grass, baby. Yeah, which is fine. Like, but I, I mean, I think he's also a guy, like I said, he's going to play every day. You're only really caring about him in kind of deeper leagues. So, yeah, these are, these are the deeper replacements and NL only. Uh, but uh, I think he, we know he's got some pop, we know he's got some speed. And as long as the time banks are willing to play him, I mean, I'll kind of play that game a little bit and, you know, and until the next guy comes back so, or, you know, well, how to pick up. So I'll make you rank the, the deeps, but I got to go back to shallow because I had one guy under deep that met was supposed to be in shallow and it's our boy Hassan okay. Kim. Um, I know we both love him. Are you going to picking him up over any of the guys that we talked about? So, again, let's review it. Paredes. Vargas, they would be if you're only feeling middle for O'Neill mm-hmm. Cruz. And then Arcia Tarang and Kim, they could fill the shortstop uh, gap specifically if that's where you had Cruz. What do you think of Hassan Kim? And then I'll make you rank all five. I like Kim a lot. Um, I would definitely take him over Arcia. I mm-hmm. think I would take him over Tarang. Um, I mean, the only the hard part with Kim is we really thought until Tatis was going to be back, he'd be you know leading off, maybe hitting second. He's been hitting like sixth or ninth just exclusively. Like he hasn't even had a single game in which he's batted higher than six. So that's only can, gonna get worse with Tatis back. Like that's not getting better as the They stay committed down. to Grisham at the top. Uh, yeah. they they've remained committed to to Grisham as the top guy and then going right into the studs with Machado, Soto, Bogey, uh, so, yeah. and then their so DH platoon. As soon as Tatis comes back, like like it may stay the same, and maybe Grisham's the one who gets vaulted back down to the bottom. Um, but I mean, there's a chance where he's not batting higher than seventh, like in this lineup. I, and I bet Grisham holds against righties, and um, and Tatis bats second, and then they go Tatis, Machado, Soto. I, I think I think that's how it works. Is that maybe for a Tatis? little bit? But I mean, at some point, the Padres are going to realize that Grisham sucks. Like at some point, except they're... he hasn't sucked this year and he's actually a good player and he's playing more like the good player that he is small he has a 12 percent walk rate 26 percent strikeout rate is a bit much but he has three yeah. bombs so far um he only has a 261 babip too so when that regresses actually i don't even know if that's going to regress grissom's starting to look like one of those guys like a max kepler type who's kind of set his own babip and it happens to be below the uh the the 295 300 level that a lot of players live mm-hmm. at because he's a career 274 so i don't know that that's going to regress but either way um kim is going to be a bottom of the order guy but i really do like him i would say while i do think kim is going to run some if you need the speed uh, of Cruz, like because you, you were betting on some speed and power so you could go either way with it 
I would go for Terang over Kim if, if I really need the speed replaced. If I've got my power in order and I can sustain the cruise loss, sure. If you want more of the punch, even though I don't think Kim is a power hitter, I would lean more toward him between Kim and Terang. I think the only reason I'm going to disagree a little bit um, is because Kim is already eligible to a shortstop and third base, and he's going to pick up second base pretty quickly. He's already got Eligible seven games played there, so he's going to, you know, sometime this week he should be eligible at second base as well. So triple eligible. I'll take Kim over Trey. Okay. And then rank all, all five of them here. Paredes, Vargas, Arcia, Tarang, and Kim. Again, this is shallow replacements for Cruz, and then we'll get into the last two deep replacements. I think for me, it's Paredes, Vargas, Kim, Tarang, Arcia. Tarang, Arcia. Mine, mine's the same. Don't even have to dis, uh, disagree there. All right, so continuing with the deep, we talked Geraldo Perdomo. Let's talk the direct replacement right now. My boy, Rodolfo Castro, mm -hmm. back in the mix. Oh, man, I kind of want to get him back now. Uh, I didn't really have a spot in my main and he didn't get picked up. So what's going to happen to me is he's going to have a huge week and he's going to be like a triple digit guy this weekend or some shit, but he is going to be back in uh G1 Bay could end up being the shortstop move uh Castro back into con second consistently, or they just split short and second some way, but it is a big boon for Castro's playing time. He was not playing as much. That was something that you did say early on. He played four out of, or excuse me, he played, I don't have the whole week here. I have Tuesday through Sunday. He played three out of those five games. Uh, Castro is in the lineup today. Bay is not because it's against the lefty. But what do you think of Rodolfo Castro as just going with the direct replacement on the same team for O'Neill Cruz in, in a deeper format? I don't mind it. I mean, I think he is kind of like the the diet, you know, Coke version of... Uh, he's like He's like the RC Cola of, yeah. of uh, O'Neill Cruz. Like, like he strikes out as much, but definitely doesn't have the flavor, which would be the homers and the steals. So that's a, he's that's got a good some power. Yeah, yeah like, no, he's got a little you know, bit of each. Like it, it yeah, sort of replicates it, but it's not that same rich flavor he's, of he, the. He's the, yeah, he's the Splenda version. Like yeah. It's, um, that's a good so way to I put think it. That, and I love Castro, so but I agree with that comp. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fine. So, and I mean, he's what, second and third base eligible, right? So. Uh, and now I'm going to be playing shortstop pretty regularly. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. I had him as uh, my backup bid okay. um, on my main uh, to replace uh, Luis Garcia, who I dropped this week. Who, who'd you get um, in, 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 in his stead? Kyle Farmer. Oh, okay. I should have included him. I should have included him because he is playing. I'm not, I have an anti Kyle Farmer bias. <laughs> I don't know is what it, it is. Is it because of your time on Farmers Only? Like, didn't pan out real well? Hey, man, you don't have to bring that up. They they didn't like the city boy. They, they could read yeah. right through me, man. I, I it's I a mustache. I couldn't. If fit that in. was a full man chew, like uh, a full man, you think you think chew, I could have pulled it off more? You yeah. could have pulled no, they, it off. But... They could read right through me. They're like, "You're mm -hmm. a hipster dweeb. Get out of here, city boy." Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and then, but that's all right. I found Jen, and she's should have worn so the overalls. Good. Yeah, that and that's the thing too. I I wasn't committed to the overalls. <laughs> No, it's but, you, you know, know what Farmer's it is. Been playing really, really well. And, yeah, I thought um, you were going to nail what it really is, though. It's my Jose Barrero love that made me a Cal Farmer hater, because oh, and, and that's carried over even though he's not on the Reds anymore. It, it's just, once you have that blind spot, sometimes it's tough to remove it. And not only that, Barrero also is terrible, so I should just alleviate it altogether. But yeah, Farmer is playing yeah. well. He doesn't strike out. 
Um, that's like his main thing. So he can keep a pretty decent batting average, a little bit of punch. He's not a great base stealer, but I wonder if he's one of those guys who could randomly spike a 10 pack because of the new rules, right? Like he was four even for even seven even last he, year. Yeah. Even if he just like gets like seven or eight, like I'll be yeah, super like happy that, with that. Like that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Yeah. So yeah, um, include include Farmer in, in these yeah. in these deep replacements here. Uh, I you think like he's him a little probably bit. Probably only, I probably only like him more than Arcia. Like if 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 that's, okay. if that's the case, like and then I let's probably... go. Um, hang on, he had a low percentage at Yahoo, but this last guy, yeah, he doesn't really fit deep league. I had Enrique Hernandez as a deep league, but he's seventy seven percent at the main. So I don't know. He's not going to be that available at deep leagues. But let's talk about. Kike Hernandez real quick anyway. He had a really, really bad year last year. Remember, he used to be everyone's kind of favorite, you know, utility guy, multi-eligible, does a bunch of every, a little bit of everything, never really ran all that much, but a little bit of pop, runs ribbies, a little bit decent batting average here and there. It's been pretty dry since that 20 homer season in 2021. 2022 was really, really bad. Um, and then so far this year, though, he has a couple homers, but that's it. He has an 063 BABIP. 15% walk rate, though. 29% K rate. That should come down because his swing strike rate isn't like egregious compared to recent years. So I think that he'll be fine there. Do you like Kike Hernandez with the Red Sox at all, though? Because they're hitting kind of decently. Not particularly. Okay. Um, does he I mean, does he trump anybody in the deep portion here? Perdomo, Castro, or Farmer? Would you take Kike over any of those three? Because I'm not sure I would. I, I think you could make the argument for it because I think his playing time is super, super secure. He is going to play I agree with that all part. the time. Um, but I think so is Farmer. And so I, I think maybe you make the argument over Perdomo. Um, but Perdomo's upside is just so much better. He's 22. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, people he, forget he was a so top 50 young. prospect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now Castro's playing time is is secured, at least for now. If he if he sucks, they'll they'll kick him out. But if, even with Bay popping for, off, if you're looking for floor, you go with I'm going with Farmer and then Kike, uh, Kike and then Perdomo. If you're looking for upside, you flip that. You go okay. Perdomo or Farmer. Kike. I'd go Perdomo, Castro, Farmer, Kike, but I will put Farmer above Kike. I will remove some of my Farmer bias. Let's go mm -hmm. to Kike's teammate, another bad one. This one also looked terrible off rip, although I've seen these before where a guy is trying to make a sliding grab and his wrist kind of flips under him, and you're like, oh, it ends up being okay. Not all the time or anything. I'm just saying sometimes that you escape with a decent, uh, you know, just a uh, sore wrist or something. Not the case for Adam Duvall. It is a fractured left wrist that really sucks. He's like one of the hottest players going right now. Obviously, he was never going to stay at that level, but it's been a really fun start to the season for Adam Duvall, and he's going to be out for at least a while. Obviously, he's already on the 10-day IL, a fractured left wrist. I got to imagine that's going to be, what, six to eight? weeks it depends depends on how on bad, how bad the, fracture the fracture is, is. yeah there's nothing exactly in the is. uh in the write-up on on sport M NBC they sports were engine. very very um cryptic about it uh, boss mm -hmm. uh, boston's uh general manager bloom was uh he was like talking about it. he's like we'll have more information for you later like oh okay that doesn't sound good 
Um, and then they just put him on the IL, and we haven't gotten an update, at least as far as I've seen. So um, this is a huge bummer for someone like me because I was writing my weekly, um, you know, buy low, sell high article. And I was all like, sell. I had this whole paragraph written out for Adam <laughs> Like, if you've got him, sell him now before, like, the bottom falls out. Um, and uh, I've had to delete that and write someone else's name. So, um yeah uh it is a bummer he was like he was crushing it uh he was playing every day uh things were gonna fall off the i mean maybe this is the best thing for fantasy players right because now you don't have to worry about when you jump off the bandwagon you jump off right now just drop him and go pick someone else up you you were bound to jump off pretty soon anyways but uh you were enjoying the ride while it was going uh just googling it without knowing the extent of of his uh, of Duvall's broken wrist, fractured wrist, it, it, which is a broken run, uh, six to 12 week range. So probably six to eight on the low end, eight to 12 on the high end. He's a cut everywhere for me. Again, unless you have multiple ILs and you don't have, you can hold on as long as you can or infinite ILs. Sure. Mm-hmm. But anything like NFBC where you just have seven reserves, no IL instacut for me with so, yeah ball. three il spots on yeah you know, three Yahoo il's you or... you can you can hold them with the three il for now but just know that you're almost as long, certainly as long as, going to as long as they're open because yes most, yes most people in those leagues are already struggling like oh yeah I, I people I mean, today in my chat who are all like oh i've got four guys on the il should i hold on to adam duval no 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 like can't do it just yeah i want that bench spot especially since we know that he's, you know, that he was going to come down to some degree. Even if you believe that he was going to have another thirty homer season and like be pretty decent, he was never going to hit at this level. And, so he's going to come down. And what do we talk about with power hitters coming off of wrist injuries? That a oh, lot yeah. of times that power is sapped anyway. So like, uh, a yeah. power, you know, what if it's a powerless Duval for the first month he's back anyway? It's like Pass. powerless Duval is just a body. Yeah, it's just it's just a player playing some maybe decent defense. All right, let's talk some replacements then. Let's go shallow first, of course, uh, and go back to the Dodgers. Talk James Outman, who's been a an early fantasy success story for the Dodgers. Um, he's not even really platooning right now. I mean, they only had one lefty last week, and he did start against them, so it's hard to really say for sure. But three homers and a steal, a couple triples already too. So definitely smacking the ball around. Twenty percent walk rate. He's taking the page out of Argus's book. Strikeouts are there, though, 31% and a 12% swinging strike rate. So the swing and miss is definitely part of Outman's game. And as that uh, 43% homer to fly ball rate comes down and the 385 BABIP comes down, we'll see the numbers regress. But I think there might be enough fantasy juice here that James Outman has shell league appeal. What do you think of the uh, Dodgers rookie? Okay, so if he's available on your wire, you have to pick him up. Like, you just have to pick him up and ride it right now. If you're If you've been rostering him, now's the best time to shop him. So, spoiler alert, if you do read my, you know, buy low, he t- sell he high took piece, the He took the place. He, he, took, he took the place. And I love Outman. I've got Outman on a bunch of teams. You heard me talk about him back in November as a guy mm-hmm. that I was putting in the back end of my draft and old rosters. So, like, I'm enjoying the profit, but, like, I don't know if his value is going to be higher than it is right now. Um, like, I mean, he, he's you know, just get super lucky on balls in play. He's striking out quite a bit. Um, the one thing I am liking from him is he's not swinging outside the zone. His O swing is like 20%, which is a really, really good sign that he's got a better understanding of the strike zone than maybe uh, even I thought he did. So 
I think it, it, it all depends on the Dodgers, right? Like the Dodgers are a competitive team. Uh, if he struggles, will they continue to give him run or will yeah. they put him on the bench? That's good. And that scares question. me a little bit because I don't think we know the answer. This isn't the Dodgers teams of past that have been super loaded, but it's still a very competitive team. So um, if I could get like a top hundred player for Altman right now, I'm selling him. If not, then maybe I just ride with it and see where it goes. Yeah, it's like you're not saying sell because you think he's he's a piece of garbage. No. You're saying sell because the value could be as high as it's ever if, going to be. Everybody's if, talking about him. He's going to yes. be the name on every article, the name on every podcast. Like, yep, he, he's got so much heat. And while I I'm part of that, and I believe in you know the talent for the most part. Like, if I could get. Alex Bregman is someone like I keep getting questions about. Oh man, he like if I get Alex Bregman for Altman, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. Bro, and there are anybody leagues where that happens. Cutting or sitting Bregman, they are insane. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing it too, but it's 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 utterly insane. We're gonna do the, the same shit that people did last year with um, Marcus Simeon. And Simeon, I think it was worse because he was such he has so much fantasy juice with his stealing and. Uh, power, but I think if you're cutting Bregman, and obviously I was huge on Bregman coming into the year, but I'm obviously not daunted at all. Yeah, um, I'm not other, other shallow league guys, your boy, uh, your your new friend here in San Francisco, Michael Conforto, off to a fast start. How do we feel about what he's been doing so far? I think you're probably going to say that you like Altman ahead, but let's assess Conforto on his own. What if Altman's already gone? Do you like what Conforto's been doing? A lot of strikeouts, 33%, but a lot of power. Three homers and a 250 ISO thus far after missing all of 2022. What are your thoughts on Conforto? See, here's the thing, though. Like, I think if if I was doing a straight rank of them, I would have Conforto above Altman. Because you would? If, 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 if I'm going rest of the year, if I'm going for like the next few weeks, I'm probably going Outman, right? I'm going okay. rest of the year. If we get to September and I tell you, you know, not you know, throwing injury out, right? Both these yeah, guys yeah. stay healthy. If they're both playing, yeah. One of these guys is a starter and one of these guys is not a starter. It's Conforto, right? Yeah, I guess if you're taking out the injury thing, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I guess the shoulders are looking nice because the power's yeah, been there. I haven't watched a lot of Giants games, but I mean, he, yeah. this looks like a Conforto season so far. And remember, he used to be a fantasy darling. Um, and then these injuries took over and just have kind of ravaged him since, uh, since late 2021. He played 125 games that year and then missed all of 2022, had the, had the botched signing thing where they're like, Oh, let's do a showcase with him. No, it turns out he's hurt. And so he just sat out the entire year. But if he's back and raring to go, Conforto has and, big boy power too. He can he can play in. I mean, City is not a power park, and he did fine there. So he can live in San Francisco just fine. And his swing and strike rate is right where it's been his entire mm-hmm. career, suggesting um, that the thirty three percent K rate will come down. Yeah. His O swing. He's he, the problem. His problem right now is he's being a little bit too passive. But I think that's just the Giants' approach of, you know, we saw this, what, in, in 2021, Giants had these big breakout years. What do they tell guys? Wait on your pitch. Be yep. passive. Don't be afraid to take a cold strike. And that's what he's doing. And then he's rocketing the ones he does get once he finds his pitch. Yeah, so he is getting it. his pitches. So, so, like, if he stays healthy, could he have, like, a Brandon Belt-type breakout, like a 2021 Brandon Belt-type breakout? I think he could. Or just a Conforto um, so, breakout. Just get back to what he was doing in 18 and 19. 
when, when he was putting up like 30 bombs in a 250 yeah. average with killer mm-hmm. OBP. Okay. I, so you're high, higher on him than I thought. I like it. And it will. And it's, it's a bummer for me because I stayed away from him in, in the draft season. Didn't touch him. I didn't he, touch him. He was he was pretty much not on my board just because the shoulder issues. Yeah, and the shoulder issues could still be a concern. Like we're, we're that's a the thing into the season. Like if yeah, we're not wrong season, yet. You know, we, we, yeah. it's going to take a long time for us to be wrong on that. But that's why I stayed away too. I, yeah. I want. I'm hoping that the talent is back and everything looks good because, like I said, he was a fantasy darling and I liked Michael Conforto. But I stayed away due to the uh, health concerns a thousand percent. But both of these guys should be rostered in every format, as I well so as the too. third guy. Yes, uh, this next guy, Garrett Mitchell, going back to the Brewers, out of his mind right now, playing very well, hitting some massive hits, not only in terms of uh, the, the quality of them, but at, at the time of game when he's doing it. Three homers already for Garrett Mitchell, 286, 333, 714. Again, Gonna gonna smooth out from where these numbers are, but everything's going well. He hasn't even started running yet because everything's an extra base hit right now, mm-hmm. uh, and so he hasn't had. You know, you can't steal when you're hitting homers and and triples. I guess you could steal home if you want, but he does have a triple as well. Garrett Mitchell is playing consistently. He is sitting against lefties, but I think even as a strong side platoon, that can be enough for Garrett Mitchell. Uh, how do you feel about him as a replacement for Duvall? And then I'm gonna have you rank all three: Outman, Conforto, and Mitchell. So. Unlike, you know, we were just talking about, like, Conforto, like, I think the strikeouts are going to come down and stuff because of the approach and uh, because of his eye. Like, the strikeouts are not coming down for, for Garrett Mitchell. Like, this is who he is. That's part he's of his strike game. Out, yeah, he's going to strike out 30% of the time. But the other, you know, in 30% of the time, his, like, you know, the balls are just going to get caught or whatever, right? Uh, the other third are going to be really, really exciting. Um, so he's uh, – He's a guy that has a ton of power. Like you said, he's got a ton of speed, too. Um, I think he he's – I guess he's platooning right now, but his defense is good enough where I think, like, he should play more than just, like, a strict strong side platoon. So I think mm-hmm. he will get some opportunities uh, versus lefties in spite of the fact that he can struggle against them. Uh, it's high upside, man. This is – uh, this is prime Carlos Gomez type stuff where like, yep. I, there is a world where a 30, 30 season could happen. There's also a world in which he's in the minor leagues because he's just striking he's out at like, 208. Yeah. yeah. Unsustainable rate. And uh, so I think, especially now that he's hot, like I think you have to roster him, but be ready to drop him because I think the floor could fall out at some point. Uh, but I love it because I mean he he is a guy I target especially in early drafts. You got to monitor a guy like Mitchell because things could bottom out with the strikeout rate. I agree there. So Outman Conforto Mitchell, are you going Conforto Outman Mitchell? Is that what I'm understanding here for shallow format? <laughs> for shallow formats, okay. So for shallow formats, I'm going to take the upside on. Outman, then Mitchell, then Conforto. Deeper formats, I'm going. Um, I'm going. Deeper formats, I'm going to Conforto, Outman, Mitchell. Okay. Less availability on those three in the deeper formats, but we do have some deeper format guys. Uh, let's start with Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick has been elevated in that lineup. Uh, he's batting. He batted first the last three or the last two days, and now he's first on Monday. As you're listening to this, the game has not started, but he's going to be batting first. Uh, Pena's been moved down. Pena's plate skills—they were ugly at the end of last year, and they've come, they've started off ugly. And they said we got to move you down because this lineup is not deep enough to withstand him batting near the top of the order with those plate skills. So they put the 10% walk rate of 
McCormick up at the top. He has two homers, three steals. He'll do your taxes. If you get that joke, then you're a longtime listener uh, or you've seen it on Twitter. But yeah, what do we think of Chaz McCormick? He's playing well. And um, I think I told you that he could be a better steals guy this year. And he already has three compared to his four last year. So I am going to take an early victory lap on that one. I mean, because he's already go, one right? steal away from top, or yeah. two steals away from topping last year. So I feel like I, I feel like I, I can take an early lap on that one. I feel like Just don't bring up Eloy Jimenez though. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't no, bring no, up Eloy that, Jimenez's that health, um, or Tim Anderson's health for that matter, because he <laughs> left today with with a knee issue. So that's unfortunate. Um, Thankfully, we 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 weren't pumping him up. We yeah, knew no, the yeah. risk on him. But yeah, Chaz McCormick. What do we think? Great start so far. Okay, so. You know, one of the big issues for McCormick in the past has been uh, the swing and strike rate being really high, leading to a, a big strikeout rate. The swing and strike rate right now is like around 10%, uh, which is really, really good because he's always been a guy who can take a walk. Mm-hmm. He's doing this by just being passive at the plate. Like he, his, you know, zone swing rate um, and his swing rate in general have just dropped. He, you know, he's 67.7% swing rate last year down to 60%. Or sorry, that's a zone swing rate. Um, So uh, overall swing rate, 48% down to 43%. Uh, He's being more passive, so it's harder to swing through something if you're not swinging. swinging. Yeah. Um, But it's working because it's getting on base, giving him stolen base opportunities. Right now, he has a full-time role. Will that change, though? Um, if If and when Michael Brantley comes back, if and when they add to this roster, uh, maybe at the trade deadline, I think you got time for him to, you know, establish himself. If he continues to do what he's doing, then they will figure out other people's playing time. He's the center fielder right now, too. So it, Brantley doesn't threaten that, that's for sure. And unless this well, Corey it, Jolks it, goes yeah, crazy, because he can play threats, center, but that's it. I mean, it would threaten it a little bit because like Brantley would have to play in a corner or play at DH and then no, Jolks, he'll take DH and then Jolks gets Jolks and Myers has to figure no, no. out Jolks goes back to the minors hundred percent. Yeah, maybe yeah. no, no, not, not maybe 100%. You, you can't keep McCormick Jolks, Hensley Myers and Brantley all they in the send, They send Salazar down. Salazar's a catcher slash first baseman. You, yeah, you so they get, don't need three catchers on the roster. They don't need nine play. outfielders either. I guarantee that Brantley's return, if McCormick is playing well, and I'm I'm not even including at this high level. I'm saying if he's if he's still doing what he did last year, he is not threatened by the return of Brantley. Only way they're threatened is threatened is if. Dubon does something to where he could merit some center field time yeah, for sucks. when. Okay, well then, then I don't really see any major threats yeah, from McCormick's right. playing time uh, you because know Jake, I, Jake Myers can't. I mean, Jake Myers ain't got it. No, I mean I think I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're right on this one. I think I think you're right. I think um, I mean his XBA is 137. Wow. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a weird start. I'm just saying, like, oh, I think he's putting everything either on the ground or in the air. Exactly. Um, I mean, he he literally has a zero percent line. Yeah, no liners yet. No liners. So he's got um, a a couple homers and a handful of uh, ground ball base hits. 
But he's so, taken his walks. He has three steals. This is McCormick mm -hmm. we're talking about. And he's now at the top of that order. So I like that. He won't stay at the top of the order because when Altuve comes back, obviously he instantly gets mm -hmm. inserted to the top. But fine, give me a and, number and six, they, seven. And they, do they let him run as much there? But either way, like I think he's still going to play. And if he steals so. 11... That's fine. That, that's that's you true. Got it. You got him for free. I mean, more than yeah. likely, you're getting him off the wire. Yeah, you're picking him up. Uh, what about, man, first off, you're going to be surprised to learn that this guy is only 22 years old. But Victor Rowan, no, I'm joking, but his actual age is even still kind of impressive. Did you know that he's only age 26 season? I do. because like, He's on a, he's he's on a been, bunch of my teams. <laughs> he's been in our consciousness for so long. I guarantee if you poll people, they're all saying 29 at the low end. Most people are probably saying low 30s. It feels like he's been around forever. But Victor Robles is off to a fantastic start. It is still very early, but the first thing that stabilizes statistically are plate skills, and his are electric right now. He has a 1-7 walk-to-strikeout ratio. That means he has 1.7 more walks than strikeouts, y'all. 14% walk rate, 8% strikeout rate, a corresponding 9% swing strike rate, which is well below his 14% mark from last year. Babbitt's off the charts, of course, so that'll come down. Uh, you know, the, the triple slash will smooth out. He's one for one on the bases, doesn't have a homer yet, but at his best, he had 17 homers and 28 steals back in 2019. You said he's got a bunch, of, you said he's on a bunch of your teams. Are you back in on the Victor Robles train then? I never left, baby. Yeah. I'm still, I mean, I, I did leave. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, he's we all left for my, a little he's, while. He's a bunch of my draft champions leagues, a couple of like, deeper leagues where I've got him as like uh, uh you know, four or a six outfielder, you know, my five outfielder league, that thing. Um, but there are some really good signs, right? Like swing strike rate is down. His zone contact is way up. It's over 90% when you're talking about like a league average that usually runs around like 83, 84%. Um, you know, he's swinging outside the zone about 4% less and he's become more aggressive in the zone in zone swing rate is about 77% up 6% from last year. These could all fall apart. Like, and, sure. and, I mean, Miles straw is another guy who's like, you know, this same yeah. type of profile. We're, we're going to talk about him really, really doing well right now. We'll talk about him um, when we talk about the weekend pickups, but yeah, he's on, he's on fire right now too. He has like 18,000 steals already as well. Yeah. Leading the majors and stolen bases. Uh, Miles. But straw I, I like, listen, I got a soft spot for Robles. So I want, I want this to be something. Uh, again, not at this level. I don't think he'll stay at all these levels here. But if these plate skills are real, he's definitely, Robles is one of those guys that we talk about who could jump up like 10, 12 steals off of his total. He had 15 last year with a 273 OBP. If he's putting up a 320, 330 OBP, he's stealing 30 easily in my opinion. The problem is, as much as so many fantasy managers um, in the fantasy industry in general, hates Victor Robles. There's only one, you know, organization that hates him more, and that's the Washington Nationals. Uh, because <laughs> I know. They, can, they continue to bat him eighth and ninth. They're just hitting 387, 470 uh, to 452. 14% right walk rate hitting, can't get, can't lead off. He's straight out 8% of the time, and he's hitting eighth or ninth every day. Um, over uh, Alex Call? No offense, I kind of like Alex Call. Yeah, on the, the Nationals. On like, the he's not on the Astros Nets, or the dude. Dodgers or even the Giants. He's on the Nationals. He's batting, uh, batting in the bottom of the order. Uh, 
like it's PTSD. Just, it's PTSD from how how poor he played for several just, years. I, I think. I, yeah, like this is this is ridiculous. I mean, I'd be um, I'd be leading him off. I mean, I I have a soft spot for him. Like, I mean, do something. Like, um, maybe there's a comfort level down there though too. We don't know, right? Like, if he's fine down, I, I the, you're pitching the Nats with your eyes closed, no matter what. First spot in the order, last spot in the order. Sure. I'm just saying maybe there's a comfort level and he's fine batting down there, but he should be leading off instead of Alex Call, who in his own right has some fantasy appeal too in deeper formats. Don't get me wrong. But I like Victor Robles. I hope there's some legitimacy here. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that uh, that we're witnessing some some real growth from, from our boy here. Uh, let's go to the Rays real quick. Talk Luke Rayleigh because there was an injury to – who got hurt? God, why do I keep forgetting – um, somebody went on the IL for them, Jose Siri. Uh, mm-hmm. and while that does not help him directly, meaning he's not going to play center, it will move Margot over to center and open more avenues for Rook, Rook Laley is what I almost said. <laughs> Luke Rayleigh, who is a platoon guy, but he's a strong side platoon. Do you have any heat for Luke Rayleigh as a deep league option to possibly replace your Adam Duvall? Because he's more of the direct comp as far as the power with the low batting average. These other guys have been a bit more dynamic with uh, Robles being more speed and a little bit of power thrown in, McCormick being kind of a bit of everything. But Rayleigh is kind of your direct Duvall potential replacement because he's shown a bunch of power early on. How do you feel about the Rays' uh, former prospect, I think? I think years ago. He's, he's 29. Yeah. I no like I age twenty eight. Excuse me. I, like he's got a twenty one point seven percent strikeout rate, but his swing strike rate is like seventeen and a half percent. Which, for those that don't know, that means that the strikeout rate is going to go way up. Yeah, like it's just like, and this is his kind of mo. We've always known he's had power in the bat. Yeah. Um, but he's never made enough contact to matter. Like I don't think that that is changing. This is like just a hot stretch and raise devil magic. No, no, okay. because the skills aren't there. Like, race no, double right. magic right. comes from, like, hey, then teaching you to be a better player. Correct. And it you're doesn't right. work for every player. Just ask Josh Lowe and Vidal Bruhan. Um, hey, Lowe is looking decent to start, too. I could have. No, I don't I, believe I, that either. So You can um, you can say that later when we – oh, no, I didn't put him on the list because his, his uh, rate was too high. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Josh Lowe hater over here. Jesus. Yeah. No love. He's, anyway. he's like the seventh best slow. <laughs> so, okay. That said, with regards to Rayleigh, that's, it's the same thing that we said about Duvall, though. So do you ride the hot streak to get the power, or do you go with one of these more dynamic guys and not worry that you're giving back some of the power? Like, rank them. Rank, rank, rank the three of them with McCormick, Robles, Rayleigh. I think that's the right order. Okay. Robles, I think so too. I think so too. Okay. Let's move over to Aaron Savali, who went under the IL with an injury. Uh, and I say that because I forgot what it was. So give me one second to find that out. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely, it's definitely something. Oh, an oblique. And I hate obliques for hitters quite a bit, but I hate them for everybody. It, it's, yeah. it's awful. Somebody named Peyton, Peyton Battenfield will apparently be taking his spot in the rotation. Not a real player. Uh, Totally a fake player that NBC yeah. Sports Edge is making up. They just got they got me to say it on the podcast. They tricked me because mm-hmm. that's not that's definitely not a real guy. Um, so let's talk about some real guys who could replace him. Let's start with the shallow and talk Justin Steele, uh, who I know you and Deep League are like. What do you mean? But picking him up off the wire. I promise you, he's available in 
uh, Yahoo leagues because he's a Cub, probably. I mean, 62%. So there is some availability there. Um, Justin Steele, Zach Eflin, and Kenta Maeda. Let's group them all together. Maeda pitched today. He did fine. Six innings, four four runs, three strikeouts is okay. Uh, 83 pitches. He left, left his first start with some fatigue, but looked brilliant in that first start. Um, so he's doing pretty well. Uh, coming off of TJ and then Zach Eflin, speaking of the Rays. Now, he's somebody I think we could get some Rays devil magic with. I could see mm -hmm. them altering his arsenal, telling him how to use it best, and actually springing a breakout for him. So who do you like best of those three replacing Aaron Savali in a shallow league? If you even had Aaron Savali, I guess, but I don't know. P pitching's hard to find, so I assume Aaron Savali was rostered in some shallow leagues. Yeah, for me it's Eflin. Like I, I mean, I just trust the Rays. He looked, he's looked really, really good getting swings, forty four percent of the time outside of the zone. Um, you know, when he does give up contact, it's not hard contact. He's got a fourteen percent swing and strike rate. I really like Zach Eflin, and I, 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 I had been in on him early in the season and just. Uh, early in draft season and just didn't keep up with the inflation as other people started jumping on board as well. Uh, and so I didn't get him in like kind of late in draft season, but I really wish I had. Um, that rotation is deadly. In, it's in banana. And they don't even have glass now right now. I know. Like, McClanahan Springs, Rasmussen, Eflin, and then they're going to replace Fleming with fucking glass now when he's healthy. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What a freaking group there that's crazy i will let me say i love justin Steele too though so if one's not available and the other is between eflin and Steele, i think you're no worse for the wear really mm -hmm. i really really like justin Steele. i think he can have a nice season i wish he could cal calm down the walks a little bit that's my only fear with him. yeah and, and between walks. he and eflin there's a big difference there so it is going to probably be a pretty big whip difference that said Steele does make up for it with being difficult to square up so he does mm -hmm. keep the hits in check especially in the second half of last year so I do like both of them. I do lean toward Eflin as well. And then um, as far as Maeda, what is your outlook on him? Like I said, he left that first start with fatigue, but he pitched six innings today, 83 pitches, which isn't a huge number, but he was able to get six innings with it. Are you in on Maeda? Because I know we've both loved him in the past, but he is coming off TJ this year. So how do you feel about him? Yeah, I just don't trust guys coming off TJ. They really, really worry about their control and command. Didn't walk mm -hmm. anybody today, so that's a really good sign, but did give up a home run. And there I mean, to Hunter Alberto at that. Yeah, that's a little weird. He but. did have a million strikeouts in that first outing, though. So that yeah, was nine, so, nine in the first start. So I, I just don't know what to make of it. Um, no, but that hits on exactly the point you're talking about, about coming off TJ. The inconsistency start to start is exactly why they they scare me so much like whenever somebody comes off of the il from tj in season and he's a hot pickup and he has like two or three good starts you start seeing people brag about it and like oh i knew it I, I picked him up and then he has like three duds in a row it's like that's the problem it's that inconsistency mm -hmm. where they just don't have their command and i've heard uh smoltz talked about it when uh when he was with Eno and i on the pod eons ago about how he that season that he returned he was just like I would just come to the yard and I had nothing that day and it came mm -hmm. out of nowhere and I had no idea why. And it was unlike anything he'd experienced previously with regards to days where he didn't have his stuff. So that's why I'm afraid of TJ returners as well. I totally agree with you there. Let's talk deep, deep league. So you ranked them Eflin, Steele, Maeda, right? 
Yes. Okay. So deep league replacements, and that's obviously where Savali is much more rostered and going to be a bigger pain. Um, Anthony Descafani, Dre Jameson going to this rotation, mm-hmm. baby, because Zach Davies got hurt. And then Johnny Brito is back and started this weekend. Remember, we talked about him as a potential two start, but they used him over the weekend. What do you think of Tony Disco, Dre Jameson, and Johnny Brito? Who's your favorite there? I think it's Descafani, but I'm really worried about the Giants in general. Um, what the hell are they doing with this rotation? Like the first time it was Descalfani starting Maeda coming in as a follower. Manaya coming in as a quote unquote follower. And this time it was Manaya starting and Ross Stripling coming in as a follower. Like I feel like they went, you know what? In 2021, platooning worked for hitters, so let's try it for pitchers. Let's platoon our pitchers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they want to run it's like they we have six starter potential guys let's run like a a, a pitch a starter platoon yeah you're exactly right it feels right. like every week there's going to be a different guy that becomes a like a three inning follower i think so webb is going to be the only one that like gets yeah. to do his thing and then the other guys i, th- are just I think gonna, like, too, yeah I when and healthy this all, and this will all end as soon as one of them goes down and almost all of them have injury issues is it yeah. have injury issues in that? unfortunately um yeah. so like i think it will work itself out so because of that, I'm going to say that Descofani is a really, really interesting and good pickup right now. He's pretty much always been good mm-hmm. when healthy, especially if you can quell the homer issues. And there's no part that quells park. homer issues as well as Oracle Park. So I agree. Um, I like Descofani a lot. Dre Jameson, I really like him, but uh, the walks, man, the walks are like a real issue. He's given up a few home runs already this year. Um, and I just worry that that's going to like, he's not gonna be able to untap the potential because he keeps walking guys. So let me, let me say that that might not be as big of a problem as a starter with a theory, not a, not something that I can prove. Cause watching him, I've been watching a lot of baby snakes. You know, I like these baby snakes this year. I got a bunch of them on fantasy teams and I love Dre J myself. I think coming out of the bullpen, he was kind of overthrowing a bit. The velo went up, and I do think he lost his command and control a bit. And I think, I hope, that going back to the rotation where he needs to pace himself a little bit more, he gets back on track and realizes, okay, I can't just go for all the velo. I'm going to be out here for more than just two innings, which you know he was getting multi-inning efforts. I do think that there's a world where he gets back to walking, say, closer to like 6 to 8%, which is certainly palatable, um, while still missing bats and being useful. Because I agree with you. If he's walking double-digit rates, that's really tough for Jameson. He had a 15% walk rate in these first eight and the thirds, 2.2 homer per nine. So that's the command and control both failing him. I do wonder if he'll tone it down now that he's back to starting and get his get his command back under control. That's my theory. Yeah, I think he's last on this list for me. For me, the the next guy, Johnny Brito, is you got Brito legit. over JJ. How dare you? I yeah, it's, I think with the state of the Yankees' rotation, Brito's job is a little bit safe. Like Domingo Herman may be the person who loses out if they if they need to kick one of these guys out of the rotation. Uh, not Brito. Brito's looked really really good. Um, you know, he's had two five inning starts. Uh, he's walked a total of. Uh, of three guys in mm-hmm. those 10 innings five hits only yeah he's only given up five hits he when he does give up contact it's not hard contact he's gonna get 56 percent ground ball rate 
like everything you want from a young pitcher is there in Brito. Um, I don't know that he's going to go very deep into games very often. I think the Yankees are going to rely upon that bullpen uh, yeah. to, uh, you know, so he's, he's kind of a five and dive kind of guy, but um, man, that is one of the best teams in baseball. You're going to get a lot of wins. Give me, give me, give me Brito here. That's fair. Um, and then you're saying that when Rodon and Sevy return, the, when the first one of them returns, that Domingo could lose the Domingo yeah, think, Ramon could lose the job over Brito. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless, yeah, unless we see something, we're going to see a two start here from Herman this week. So if yeah, maybe, unless he pops off, unless he does something, I think when Rodon comes back, and that you know, I think Brito has a chance to keep that job. I'm sticking with Dre J, but I feel you on the I feel you on the Brito love. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens with Herman this week. He only has one start, so nothing to really go off of. I, I put him in the order that I liked him: Descalfani, Jamison, Brito. But I will move mentally in my head, Jamison and Brito closer together. Uh, Mitch Garver went to the IL. That happened while we were going, or at least the news popped up of it that I hadn't seen the first time. Um, so he wasn't heavily shocked. rostered. I am that. shocked by this news. Absolutely blown away. Um, <laughs> so it's really a deep league replacement here. So Logan O'Hoppy, Yasmani Grandal, and Jason DeLay uh, in two catcher leagues where you're replacing Garver. Who you, who, who are you looking at there between I, those three? I, if O'Hoppy is not rostered, in pretty much every 12 team format, even one catcher format, um, that is a mistake. I think go Like I was not in on Ohapi. I will give you the kudos for, for saying he was going to make the opening roster. I think I got a little gypped by uh, dice getting hurt, but um, well, I came now- around late because I was worried about that too, though. So I appreciate yeah. the credit, but I was also nervous about that saying, are they going to do this? I don't dice think he would have. I don't think they. He would have made the roster had Dice not. That was my sorry, concern. Had Stassi not got Stassi. Stassi is uh, one who got hurt, and so the th- they could keep Thice that way. Yeah. And that was the concern was they had three guys and Thice is out of options, and so I was getting nervous about him. But Ohapi's here. He's playing, and I guarantee. Or I shouldn't say I guarantee, but I feel like even when Stassi comes back, it yeah, ain't going to be Ohapi going I, anywhere. Ohapi. Oh, is it Ohapi? Or Ohapi? It is Ohapi. It is okay, Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric told me on that one that okay, it is so indeed Ohapi. I think Ohapi is is legit in the real deal. I think he is a top twelve catcher moving forward. I think he okay. should be uh, rostered over guys like my boy Danny Jansen and um, freaking Dan Jan. You know, even uh, uh, and you know, I think he should be on pretty much. Every, he should be. He should be rostered in every. 12 team or deeper league one may not be on your team because you don't want to like roster but uh but he should be rostered so like if you're cycling through catchers and ohabi's out there stop cycling and just grab ohabi okay and what do you think about grandal i liked him for a bounce back this year i want to say you did too and he's like pretty decent so far so how do you feel about him if ohabi's not available yeah i mean i think uh, i think grandal is gonna get back into that 12 team conversation i mean he's hitting 300 400 500 right now which is exactly what i see hit another home run today check our rates 25 percent like i think he is who we thought he was um we just let him off the hook <laughs> you can't let him off the hook no he his body was a mess last year that's what he said so he kind of rebuilt it from the ground up went through some rigorous training i know that's the old best shape of their life but sometimes there's some legitimacy to that. And I do think that was the case with Grandal. And then if you're really desperate, uh, Jason DeLay is playing a lot for Pittsburgh. And I think if you just need a body, he's not, he's not a terrible option. That's I, I mean, I, I don't know I, I, about him. 
Yeah, go get Nick Fortes. Uh, Stallings is banged up that's right the now. Thing in, but more. in two catcher leagues, I think he's already yeah, he's gone. Probably, he's probably that's why. That's why I brought up delay because I think somebody like Fortes is already smoked. Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's move on then. Oh, Ke- Kevin Smith called up. This is for deep leaguers. Any interest in Kevin Smith for no. Oakland? Okay. Not really. Let's talk about some pickups of the weekend then. Let's go back to M- Milwaukee. They've been uh, featured here on the show. We talked about Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell. They have two of the hottest pickups in shallow leagues. Brian Anderson and Joey Weimer were big pickups in deeper leagues last year. This week they made the, sh- the shallow league circuit, and they were big pickups because they continue to rock. Uh, who's your favorite between them, and, and what's your full season outlook on them the rest of the way, Brian Anderson and Joey Weimer? Weimer. Man, Weimer? it's hard. Weimer. 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 Um, Joey Weimer. Yeah, I mean, I think in your shallow leagues, I think Weimer has the greater upside. Like the power speed. I mean, he's very similar to Garrett Mitchell where like the yep. power speed like combo is really, really tantalizing. But I think the strikeout rate will catch up to him eventually. The safer play is Brian Anderson because I think he is going to continue to play. He's third base eligible and outfield eligible. Um, and he plays – He's pardon me for interrupting you. He's Garrett Mitchell's replacement. Uh, the way they shift around, yeah. it ends up being Anderson that jumps to the corner – and um, I forget who shifts over to uh, Weimer shifts over to center, and uh, Yelich takes the other corner. That's what that's yeah. the way it works there. So um, yeah, I think Brian Anderson's the steady Eddie, and Weimer is the the high upside guy, like you said. Yeah, um, I, I know that Anderson's strikeout rate is like a little bit higher than we kind of expect, but uh, he's got a twelve percent swing strike rate right now. He's got twenty five percent O swing, uh, making good contact. Like I, I think he's just going to continue to be. He's not going to be great like he has been, but he's going to be pretty good rest mm-hmm. of the way, and I think he's going to play a lot. Uh, whereas Weimer, I think um, he could flame out pretty easily. He could be volatile, yeah. And yeah. from 2018 through 20, Brian Anderson had a 115 WRC plus playing in Miami. I think it could be like a 120, 125 WRC plus with decent power, solid average, and good runs of yeah. derbies in Milwaukee. Whereas with Weimer, if he pops – could be huge like Garrett Mitchell. Like you said, he's another guy that invokes that sort of Carlos Gomez uh, peak type of type yeah. of deal. Although he takes more walks. So he does. T- to Weimer's credit, he is a better walker there. So maybe the Gomez comp isn't perfect. You invoked the name of Miles Straw earlier. And I will say, I'm never usually a fan of rabbits. And it's usually when they cost a lot, like Miles Straw did last year. This year, he was an afterthought. And I'll let you say your free thing because he was damn near free. Like they, people were not in on the Miles Straw train this year, and here he is now, really taking advantage of the new rules. He has six steals already. He has a nineteen percent walk rate. Do we think there's any legitimacy to what Miles Straw is doing? Obviously, the four fifty eight Babbitt will come down, but is he going to go? Is he going to go and be that crazy steals guy this year and steal forty for somebody? Is he this year's I mean, John he Bernie? could. He could. He absolutely could. Like the batting average is completely you know, fake. Like this is like this he is a fraud in terms of the batting average. Like his XBA is two forty eight, which is kind of what you expect him to hit, right? Yeah. It's like two two You're paying for two fifties. Yeah. And uh so like that's gonna come back down to earth because he's actually making less zone contact than he did last year. That's crazy. Um, in fairness, and, Birdie only hit two forty last year, but he stole yeah. forty one bases. So for keeping that comp together, then Straw can just be that. And I think that's what he's gonna be is he's gonna be a guy who you know, he, he can get on base because of the walk. You know, he'll hit a little bit, but it's really, really empty stolen bases for the most part. Um, 
Like he could lead the majors in stolen bases, forty stolen bases. If he steals Shit, fifty yeah. bases, I'm not going to be surprised. No, I agree. Like, I agree. Forty is kind of low with the rules. He's already got six yeah. in the first. No, you're 10 dead. Days. You're dead right. So like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could do that, but he's also a guy that, if you know, right now we're seeing the hot Miles Straw. There's going to be moments where he's hitting like his body weight, and he doesn't weigh a lot. <laughs> no, um, so skinnier uh, guy. You got to kind of take the good with the bad enjoy yeah. this now and then be okay that you're not gonna get that batting average later because i don't expect him to hit you know 270 much less 340 or whatever he's sitting right now yeah if you need straws steals you need to be prepared to get a 230 240 average from today yeah, absolutely uh, trevor arnock is off to a nice start and he's batting at the top of the order very consistently in the top three he led off today actually against Maeda in that monday afternoon game and uh he's you know not tearing the cover off the ball power wise just the one homer so far but you know riding one of those hot babips walking a ton so he's got 324 439 471 looking like the guy though that's going to play consistently in left field a little bit every once in a while moving over to the other side of the corner in right field what do you think of trevor larnock is he somebody that you're eyeing in shallow formats right now because he's already rostered in in deeper formats is he somebody you want in shallow ones i mean as a short-term like fill-in kind of guy sure but like he just he doesn't have the the fantasy juice like he's a much better real life player than he is a fantasy player he's yeah because he's always plays. taking walks yeah he can he can make contact but like he was a top 50 prospect at one point but again that was on like real life lists that wasn't like on fantasy lists there was always this idea that like uh he's probably not gonna be as good of a, a fantasy player just because he doesn't have a ton of power mm-hmm. um and he has no speed really yeah. um i think he's fine in the short term especially because right now they're batting like third fourth in the lineup and so he could get some you know cheap rbis but as this team gets healthy he's gonna lose playing time uh and he's really needs that volume to be successful so as much as i like larnock for like a really deep league perspective because I do think like he can just be an accumulator. Larnock for a shallow format, like he he probably isn't gonna have the long term fantasy juice. I think that's totally fair. Um, if he can tap into some of his raw power, there could be something there. But yeah. right now, he looks like more of just kind of an average power guy. So you're looking like upper teens, maybe low twenties pop. So we need to see some more power tapped into there for him to really be a shallow like a shallow league type of guy. A couple pitchers being picked up in shallow leagues this week. Kyle Gibson has a two-step that includes Oakland. So that's definitely got him on the radar. And Seth Lugo now making the rounds after two quality starts uh, so far. Let's talk about your boy, Kyle Gibson on a two-step. Gets the A's tonight and then the, at the White Sox on the weekend. How do you feel about him? Because obviously if you're listening to this, you know, today he's already got the Oakland start, so you can't get him. Would you pick him up for the at the White Sox start in a uh, in a weekly league if he goes out and has a good outing tonight against the uh, the triple A A's? The triple A's. <laughs> um I think I only want him if I got him for both. So Me too. And this is the best one, so it's yeah. kind of tough. Yeah, I, I don't think I want him at Chicago. Like, uh, he survived the two road starts to open up the season. Mm-hmm. He now gets the A's at home. Great. But now, I mean, we saw what, like, the Chicago White Sox did, you know, or sorry, the, the Giants did to the Chicago White Sox pitching in Chicago. Like, that's not friendly. That's confines. still a good part to hit in. Yep. 
Yeah, like I, I don't think I want him up against Chicago's lineup. Even without Eloy, like that still can be a dangerous lineup. Yeah, I totally agree there. Seth Lugo, as I mentioned, pitching very well. Dominated last night on Sunday Night Baseball against the Braves in Atlanta with six innings of one-run ball. Did walk four, but got around it by only allowing the one run. Five strikeouts, had seven against Colorado in his opener. So he's looked wonderful. How do you feel about what Seth Lugo's doing? Is he someone you're picking up in shallow formats? 67.6% ground ball rate right now. He's just, he you is just not letting that against him. defense doing the work for him, which is fine because the defense behind him is pretty good. Um, I think for the short term, you're riding with him. I yes. think long term, there are going to be real questions about like how does his stuff hold up as a starter in the long term because we see him be really, really good as a reliever uh, over the long term. But like, will the innings start to wear him down because he doesn't have the experience, you know, throwing 140, 150 innings. That's a problem for later though. So for right now, yeah, I'm riding with Seth Lugo. Yeah. That's, that's the later term issues by then. You might've already found several guys to replace somebody. I think he's a must roster in shallow formats right now. Seth Lugo for the Padres. Let's talk some deep league pickups. Chris Bubich, old tit scratch with a big 9K outing. I feel bad for anybody who was in on him coming into the weekend. And they're like, this is my guy. And then he goes out and throws nine strikeouts on Sunday because you know that raised the prices big time. There's nothing worse than a guy you were already targeting popping off on Sunday because you know the prices are going up. And he had a pretty solid first outing against Toronto. So there is a world where deep leaguers were in on him saying, oh, nice little velo jump. Okay, I could be in. And then he kills it and you have to raise that price big time. 30% K rate so far, 2% walk rate, 19% swinging strike. This is all in 11 innings for Chris Bubich, but he's off to a wonderful start, keeping the ball down as well, 56% ground ball. Anything here with Chris Bubich, former former prospect for the Royals? Man, this is hard because the numbers say yes. The numbers, mm -hmm. like all those numbers you read out, the zone contacts down, the O swings up, the velocities up, swinging strike rates up. Like all those numbers are telling me yes. But it's Chris Bubich. Like I <laughs> just don't believe it. Um, he could develop. I He's only twenty five. This is this is bias, but I'm I you know I'm I, he's only twenty five. Yeah, holy crap, he's pretty. He's, young. Like, he's been around for a while, um, you know, because he was a prospect with some names. So you probably have been in, he's probably been in your consciousness since he was drafted in in eighteen. So it's you know feels longer, but now he's pretty young, and I think he was a high school guy too. I'm, I'm gonna no, ride. No, he was twenty. I'm gonna, he was college. I'm gonna guy. say ride it for now, and but the first sign of trouble, jump off. Like okay. Like, Right, I'm, but like the numbers say, ride it, and he gets Atlanta it, this week. Would you would you put him in your lineup if you picked him up yesterday? <laughs> I I'm not, but you probably should. But like I would. I, said, like, I, I, I would. I take the shot. The name. Yeah, I take the shot. I I think I would. You know, uh, Bubich. I hear you with with being like, really, this guy's doing it. You know, I feel like him. I I, I see him as like a right-handed Mitch Keller, or I mean uh, Brad Keller at times, right? Even yeah. though they're not that similar, I just group them together. And as Brad like, Keller's looked better. Like it's, it's he's done some weird. positive things too. Yeah. So I, I uh, between the two, I trust Bubich way more, though. I will say that. I don't. And I trust Brad Keller more. You do? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, dude. He's not missing Brad bats Ke the way Bubich is. Brad Keller has shown in the past to have extended stretches in which he is useful for fantasy, whereas Bubich is not. 
that's you're not that's not a wrong point, but I don't think that's a good enough reason to not I, go with Booba. Yeah, but this is like I'm saying, like the numbers say the opposite, right? Like, yeah, if, if you want to be data driven, velo up we, and swing and miss up, all that stuff, want to yeah. be data driven. Um, the answer should be Boobich. Okay. That is and my I, answer, and, by the way. I am and, on the Boobich train. And I am saying, like, in spite of that, my brain and gut and soul are telling me that neither of no them go. should be or no-go. But if there's one no-go, it's Keller. Okay. that That's fair. You're, you're putting it on the table. You're saying where your bias is. I'm being is. honest. I'm and if being people like, believe, that's the thing. If they want to ride with you, they know what the bias is there. Don't. They don't can go with it. Don't ride with it. <laughs> Like just, you, just, you can ride with me, but I'm just going off the numbers so far, and, and I'm riding I'm, it. Like, I'm, I, I'm traveling on the highway to hell, baby. Don't. I ride. do agree with you though that I I'm gonna jump off with relative quick, not as quickly as you said. You said first sign I'm jumping off. Like if he gets rocked by Atlanta, I think I get. I'm Bubich. not as worried about yeah. Yeah, but it's gonna be the, plenty of starts versus bad teams. So. Yeah, if the Tigers murk him. That's a little something where I'm like, mm. and I don't know when he faces them. I'm just saying if a team like that mercs Boobich, then I'm like, dang it, that sucks. And maybe maybe the wheels are already coming off. So yeah, um, he, he's definitely a deep league pickup though. What about Matt Strom? Ranger Suarez is working his way back and Bailey Falters look pretty good so far. So I wonder if by the time Matt Strom finally works his pitch count up to go five plus innings, he's going to get ousted. Now, don't plan for that because the second you do, then somebody else will get hurt and he'll have an avenue anyway. But how do you feel about Strom right now? Because he he looked pretty good in that first start, and I think he has I think he has a two step this week. He does have two step, and it's yeah, we talked about it on Friday. It's a it's somewhat tantalizing two step with Cincinnati being a part of that. I believe it's Miami um, and at Cincinnati. Yeah, the only problem so, is it's at Cincinnati, but that lineup has not uh, gotten off to a good start. I mean, until he starts going deep enough to qualify for win, I don't really care. That's the scary um, part, yeah. And like, because like now you're saying, oh, there's blow up potential, and he's not going to qualify for a win. So, um, I'm probably staying away from Strom for right now. But like, I understand why he was a big pickup in deeper leagues this week because of that two step. Yeah, I I, to- I totally get that because I think some people were saying even if I don't get a win and I get nine innings of good work with twelve strikeouts, I'll take it type of deal from Strom. So, and to- I don't again- think you're going to get twelve strikeouts. I think you're going to get like seven strikeouts. Didn't he have a bunch of strikeouts in his first outing? He had three strikeouts and four innings. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then, tw- well, I'm maybe Miami's going to strike out a bunch. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Bryce Elder gets a two-step for Atlanta. He gets Cincy at home, and then a trip to KC. Is he facing Bubich? Uh, let me see. Let me see. No, it's Grinky. Damn, I wish he was going up against our other guy here. But what do you think of Bryce Elder? He's uh, one of those Atlanta guys. You know, he doesn't do anything off the charts, but. He's a pretty good pitcher. Showed some flashes last year. Are you in on Bryce Elder at all, at least in the short term for deep leagues? I think I am. He got six strikeouts against the Cardinals in six innings. That's, like, that's really a nice. Good team to get six yeah. strikeouts from. So, um, yeah, I think I would roll with him. Again, this is one that could go sour pretty quick. He does tend to give up a lot of contact, but yeah, because uh, he doesn't miss a ton of bats generally for Elder. Yeah. But I think he's a guy that I'm I'm willing to roll with because like he typically has pretty good control. Um, as long as you keep the ball in the yard, I think he'd be fine. Okay, I think I I totally agree with that, and I would have picked. I mean, I I put him in my list of things, but I actually got outbid on Elder, so I, I wasn't able to get him. Uh, let's talk a few hitters. David VR on your beloved Giants as well, um, playing a bunch, platooning basically with JD Davis. He's on the strong side. Any love for David VR so far? 
I mean, David VR is, is exactly as advertised. This is a big bat um, that can hit some bombs, uh, but he's going to strike out. Like, he's going to yeah. strike out a bunch. And so it's just a matter of how long will the Giants allow him to strike out at, like, a 35% rate? It's deeper format, though, so... Yeah. Right, I mean, we we know I that the up in a couple leagues this week, like yeah, because you know, the this... threshold is lower. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. I interrupted you twice. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have that much more. Like, I mean, he, like, he is who we who we think he is. Um, it's just <laughs> gonna be a matter of, yeah, it's just gonna be a matter of whether the Giants are willing to put up with the strikeout rate. Like, and, um, so far so, they are because he's batting in the yeah. middle of the order in that. Th- and starting against lefty yesterday on Sunday, starting against the lefty today. Or no, Look, no, he, he is. is he is a right-hander. Wait, so how do they platoon him and De- they're both righties? I thought VR was a lefty. I'm so I'm so wrong. Oh no no, VR VR is a righty. Yeah. Okay okay. So does he play consistently enough against righties? I guess would be the I question. Think, I mean, at this moment, he does because they don't so have, far he uh, is yeah. yeah. They don't have the people to platoon right now. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Okay, I thought he was so the strong maybe, side. Maybe when Hanniger comes back, that changes because then they've got to move Jock Peterson back to DH and. Yeah, uh, that's one less spot for like a Davis or, you know, uh, you know, other guys. So but at the moment, like, I don't I think he's going to play. The question is, can he play well enough uh, that he kind of establishes himself in the middle of that lineup for when Hanniger does come back? And other yeah, guys so that they choose back, so. VR when mm-hmm. everyone's healthy. That's a good call. Yeah. Akil Badu, my boy's back, came up over the weekend, batted first a couple of times. He was, he was, you know, hitting the ball well, doing his thing in AAA thus far. I went for him. I, I couldn't quite get him. I ended up getting Franchi, who has seven righties this week. I guess I could have included him on this list, too. But what do you think of, of Badu? Obviously, I was super high on him last year. That didn't quite work out. Um, but he is leading off right now. And, I mean, I think he's a deep league. He's hitting 400. <laughs> he's a valuable deep league pickup, at least right now. He can have power and speed. Do you see anything from my boy Badu? Everyone knows where my bias is, so I, let's get a less biased take from you here. Listen, um, if you say I anything like, bad, I swear to God, I like Akil Badu, but the Tigers but don't. <laughs> I know we we, we we but don't do it. Well, they yeah. but don't like him, and we but yeah, don't do don't. anything good as yeah. a team. Yeah, so. Um, I, I like the fact that they brought him up and he let off and he's, yes. you know, he's let off in both the games that he's played. Um, I think that if he continued to hit righties, he can establish himself as a strong side platoon guy who knows if and when Austin Meadows comes back. Yeah. So Meadows um, left for mental health issues. Let's yeah. wish him the best on everything with mm-hmm. that. Uh, it can be such a difficult battle. Um, so yeah, but, and, but there is a world where Badu established himself that even when my Meadows comes back, it doesn't necessarily mean that Badu instantly leaves if he starts playing like he did in his rookie yeah. year, but he, he has to do that though. Yeah. So we know there's power. We know there's speed. Um, I'm willing to take the gamble and 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 know that I can move. Like I feel like if he if he's gonna end up like crashing and burning, we'll know, and they'll get him out of the lineup. You know, back down to AAA, and he's an easy cut. So like you ride him until they cut him, and then you cut. Him. Yep, I think that's totally fair. I'm hoping for the best. I hope he's kind of a post type guy. That'd be wonderful. Um, 
Alec Burleson's our last guy to discuss here. He's playing right now pretty consistently because Newt Bar's out. Newt Bar did travel to Colorado. They don't expect him back for this series, but he's with the team in case everything is ready. Uh, so I think he at least got Burleson for this week, pretty much. Uh, and then we'll see. He'll be back in a pretty much a big dogfight for playing time after that. But what do you think of Alec Burleson? Because not only is he playing, but he's batting number two. So that shows, I think, some, some real love for him that when he is playing, they like having him up at the top of the order and He's looked pretty decent so far. Yeah, he's an interesting profile. Like, I feel like if everything went right for him, he could be like Andrew Benatendi-ish, which is like high yep. batting average and does enough of um, hitting for power and enough of, you know, in the stolen base department to be interesting. But I think he also needs that volume. Does he run to- that much, though? Because Benatendi's um, like a double-digit guy. Are you just saying? Because the hitting profile, well, that part not, makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, he, no, he's not fast. So okay, a speedless Benatendi then? Okay. Like he's, so Verdugo. Because um, yeah. Verdugo doesn't really run. Yeah, I think Verdugo is a, is a, probably a better comp. You know, high in-zone contact rate. Um, I think there's more power than Verdugo, but... okay. Uh, so we're getting uh, we're getting there on our comps. We'll do 10, yeah, 10 12 more comps, yeah. guys, and then we'll nail it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the problem is, I think he really needs that volume, and yeah. I don't I don't see the path to that, even short term or long term. Um, you know, because once Lars Newbar comes back, um, supposed he's to be, be back. this week. Yeah, I need him back. Fingers crossed. Um, God, so do I, dude. My team fucking so. blows. <laughs> my team doesn't blow and i need him back yeah yeah it's just a guy we took early we want him back but yeah burleson looks good right now they have such an embarrassment of riches you know dylan carlson is looking all right i know you're not a huge fan i'm not trying to sell you on him but he's playing fine when he's getting playing time mm-hmm. gorman's looking nice i wonder you know would be really working out for us would be if they just trade tyler o'neill because apparently they hate his guts yeah because like the whole thing about not not running it out or whatever and like I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm getting need to trade somebody. Like, I'm getting Colby Rasmus vibes from the Tyler O'Neill situation ooh, right now in terms of like that's a name right there. how quickly it melted down and maybe he's just better off somewhere else. And it's not like they don't have twelve replacements for him. They put um, Carlson in center. Get a rotation piece. Like yeah, I mean, like get an arm. I mean, somebody can use Tyler O'Neill. Somebody would pay a real arm too. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't get fleeced there if you're the Cards. And Promise, who has an arm? Who has an arm to who has an arm to give? Right? That's a great question, yeah, and like, that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, that would actually be interested because you'd think you would want to do it with like somebody who's contending, and mm-hmm. that would need an outfielder and not in your division, so you can't like trade him to the Cubs or something. Or uh, yeah, because they um, do actually have some depth. That that actually, I mean, could the could Diamondbacks? No, the Diamondbacks don't really need an outfielder, right? Like. No, they're um, they're outfield heavy. Uh, the Marlins. I know we tried to trade all of their pitchers. The Marlins don't need an outfielder either. Like the that's true. That's the one spot where they actually are heavy. They need a middle infielder. The, the Marlins I still think, be like I still a think great, Gorman. Yeah, Gorman and the Marlins. Exactly. Gorman's still the right fit for them. They need yeah. to do a Gorman for pitcher trade. Uh, but the Rays. There you go. But like, but, what arm would you trade them? All they those, don't want... The top four are too good. First off, you're not going to trade yeah. Eflin right after signing him, and then the other three are way too good for O'Neill. And that's more of promoting them than I am Ta- dissing. Taj them. Bradley. Okay, so they go the prospect route. Oh, man. Taj Bradley for Tyler O'Neill. I like how we're wasting like 10 minutes on like hypothetical potential trade partners. Only the diehards are listening, and they, they love and this late, and they love this mm-hmm. shit. So it's fine. 
That'd be interesting. I'm trying to think of any other team though that needs um, a pitcher that's a contending team or that needs that an outfielder that has a pitcher. I don't know. Because usually you instantly look at the Dodgers, but they're the other way. They need the pitcher right now. Forrest Whitley. Is that enough for him? Forrest Whitley for plus, Forrest Whitley? Oh, for you, oh, enough for O'Neal. Yeah, I was just saying. If do they you think, hate him, yeah, I think it is. Well, if they hate him, yeah. But I think they can get more. They can even they can be like, yeah, we hate him, but we need more than that. Forrest Whitley and David Hensley. What what about the Rangers? Now the Rangers, the difficult part about trading a pitcher for them is like how fragile their pitching is, right? Like if you could sprinkle health yeah, dust they, over they've them, they've got a million arms. Like I know, and that could be starters. So like, I I you know who I'm really keen on this year, and I I can't wait till he gets a chance is Cole Reagans. I'm still I liked yeah, him last like, year. He's like eighth in the pecking order. No, no, I know. I'm just saying he will get a chance, dude. Degrom, Ivaldi. Gray and Heaney, you don't think he's going to get a chance with those four? The problem is, like, all of their starters are guys they just effing signed. That's what I'm saying. And so it's, it's like, like who, do you, who do you really trade for O'Neal? John, John Gray in a piece or something like Gray for O'Neal as, as the centerpiece of a deal? Yeah. I, I could see that. And then Adelise moves over to a corner, or Adelise stays in center and O'Neal plays. Either uh, way, yeah, Ad- they're both Adelise good. stays in center and Robbie Grossman goes back to the – the whole thing. No, no, Grossman could still play. You don't need to play Bubba Thompson. No offense, Bubba Thompson. I'm sorry. Actually, all no, offense. No, no. Yeah, it would be um, Grossman, O'Neal. No, no Tavares is coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah. When's he coming back? Today, I think. Oh, excellent. Well, I can't wait till then. Anyway, yeah, we are wasting people's time here at the end, but uh, <laughs> we're just trying to work out some deals. Anyway, mm-hmm. good luck picking up some players. It's still early. Just keep telling yourself that because that's all I do. I go stand in the mirror. For hours on end, just keep telling myself it's early. Sure. It's early. Up, it's early. Update. Alex Call leading off Victor Robles batting eighth. The hate is guts, dude. Would you say that this hatred is of a mot like intensity? I would say that. <laughs> I I will I I'm just assuming you have not seen the lineup that was just released like Mm-mm. a few minutes ago. So I will give you twenty dollars if without looking you can guess who is batting ahead of him in the lineup right now. So he is batting eighth. With CJ Abrams batting ninth, who is batting seventh in the Nationals lineup? I will even give you the position. Okay. Second base. Oh, God. Shit. Now, all my guesses were not second baseman. Mm-hmm. Is it Alcides Escobar? It is not. It is Michael Chavez. Oh, dude! I did see that he was on their team because I was looking. At, I was looking at every every depth chart yesterday, and I was like, "When did he get there?" Yeah, I didn't know. I, that's why I was like, "Oh, there's no way Paul." Gets yeah, there, I didn't even realize because I was going to be guessing Jamer Candelario and Dom Smith. Like I, I was going down the list. Batting third oh, in this goodness. lineup right now. He's hitting well right now. No, no, I know, I know, and I and I like Dom Smith too. Like I, I, I hyped up Candelario and I Dom think, Smith yeah, I for up deep Dom league Smith plays. And played him in a couple. So I'm not, I'm not shading exactly. those guys, but I, I don't know why Robles can't get moved up. Yeah, that's that seems that seems unfair. But and again, like, I, I know, actually, I know we joke about how bad the A's are, but man, the Nats lineup, deserve some 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 of that yeah. same heat. I agree. This lineup has the feeling of like high school reunion slow pitch softball like yeah, lane thomas heimer candelario joey manessis dom smith 
I mean, excluding, I'll exclude Kai, Kyberry Reese and CJ Abrams because they're young guys. They're young. They could become long term futures. But the rest of this lineup feels like all the old guys that are coming back to play that one softball game to relive the glory years. 100%. The Yankees old timers day. Yeah, um, exactly. 53 WRC plus for Joey Manessis. I told y'all he was Frank Schwindel Jr. I, should, oh, I shouldn't have got influenced by those two uh, WBC homers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think he'll be fine. But yeah, it. you know what's funny though is like, that might lead the Nationals lineup. Though. That's true. Well, no, we know we know that uh, Robles is on fire. Oh, but yeah, true. he does have a 53 right. He just hasn't hit a homer. Um, we'll we'll see where Manessis is. The one thing, it, joking aside, if you are worried about Manessis, uh, his strikeout walk rates are fine. His swinging strike rate is 10. percent That's fine. He just hasn't hit for power yet. Like I, I wouldn't be that worried yeah. about him. Anyway. All right, let's get going. Uh, I'll be back in the middle of the week with a midweek episode. I don't know if it'll have a guest or if it'll just be by me by myself. Some of y'all like the solo apps, some of y'all don't. So you can figure out if you want to listen to it or not. It's going to be good no matter what. And you and I will be, be back, back on, on Friday. Yeah, I'll be back on Friday with you and then Sunday with Jason. Perfect. Talk to you later. Take it easy.